0: Good evening. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Bright Kumalo. Joining me to unpack your stock-related questions this evening are Roy Mutoni from Sanlam Investments and Rekas Redas from PSG Wealth. Hole in One, Ramesh, Please send those questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at Business Day TV using the hashtag Stockwatch. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show um, I'll start with you, uh, Roy, since it's been a while since we, we had a chat. Uh, can you give us a wrap of you know, how markets have been doing, you know, local markets here on the JSC, They've had one hell of a week and we're still trying to figure out why we're in the green.
1: No, absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. So, so, so it's actually been quite strange. Uh, after everything that happened over the weekend, you'd have expected um, a significant rally in precious metals, in oil, and and, and also, I guess, fixed income as people ri- run away for safety. Correct. We did see a little bit of a move, but not as big as you'd have expected. In fact, what what I think, when, when, when I measure it, it just seems like both precious metals and oil just recovered the sell-off that we saw last week. Um, and then today what you saw was when the when the u.s inflation numbers came out you saw a firmer reaction so at the beginning of the day market was up um but now when you came to the close the top 40 was down about 70 basis points so it just seems like the market um, is looking closer at inflation and the fed than it is geopolitics which is quite strange um, if you ask me, and I guess when, when we look at all the headlines and everything, you'd have thought geopolitics would, would would take the forefront. So that's the strange thing about the movements. But I guess in direction terms and in terms of what moved, it was precious metals and it was energy. And that's what we're seeing right now.
0: Yeah, let's talk about those inflation mm-hmm. numbers. Um, Rikas, we saw basically they were mostly in line. Um, there were no surprises there except for, you know, f- I think it was a 0.4, basis, sorry, 40 basis points in terms of a, a, a small difference uh, on the, um, you know, the core inflation number there. But nothing to ride home for the U.S., so no stress, but somewhat markets going down. Yeah, I think, <coughs> sorry about that. Yeah, I think it was slightly harder than
2: expected, but it, I don't think it's really moved the needle a heck of a lot for the um, Fed keeping interest rates steady at the next meeting. But, um, yeah, it's just reinforced, I think, what, um, although a lot of your Fed officials have been saying over the past number of days that they don't really see the the necessity of further rates increases, but that unfortunately also underpins the... um, the notion that those interest rates are not ca- coming down any t- any time soon so um, i think the initial reaction we are seeing in the market f- um on those inflation numbers is just a knee jerk and the real effect will will only transpire tomorrow and and on monday you know as the data filters through
0: yeah interesting so we're back in you know that goldilocks uh, rate situation where they can't go higher than where, th- where they are um, but they can't go lower either. So you know, this is this is the Fed funds rate you're gonna get for the next couple of months, I guess. Mm. Um, let's start. The with problem. That. Oh yeah, yeah, you can go. So, right? Yeah, the problem with that Goldilocks is that unfortunately
2: your inflation is still a problem. So it's so it's a sort of a Goldilocks with a with
0: a dash of stagflation. So you're not going to get a, a, a buoyant market because, uh, I mean, no, th- those, no. especially the two-year at 4.8%, it's competing <coughs> against, you know, um, some big dogs here in the blue chip space, yeah. which is a big problem. Um, now, let's, talk, let's go to our questions. We'll, we'll start on Twitter. Uh, the witness says, hello, what's going on uh, with Afrimat share price? Uh, Roy, I thought it was a market darling. So this must be a new well, shareholder. Cause I mean, if you, if you're worried about Afrimet going down now, you, you bought yesterday.
1: <laughs> Look, uh, what, w- what I would say is for, for all these stocks, you, you have to first start strategically. Why are you in it? So Afrimet okay. was originally a building, building material stock that's become effectively a mining stock, big exposure to iron ore. Um, and now they will move with what happens to expectations for the iron ore price. But the, while that will drive intraday movements, remember that the reason why you invested in this was the astuteness and the wisdom that, um, Andries van Heerden, the CEO, has applied towards building his business over time, diversifying from a, from, from a very low price, low margin commodity into this big mining business that actually has Good reserves and a solid pipeline going forward of very low cost reserves, low cost mining, mining businesses. So if in the interim, the iron ore price comes down, just remember, yes, it will come down, but you've invested in a longer term strategy. And that's what you should keep in mind. The business is sound. The, uh, it's, the, the share price is moving because of perceptions of where iron ore is going. But the assets that they bought were very low cost assets and they paid even cheaper prices than those. They probably bought them at distress levels and it's part of a portfolio that over time will pay off. So I would say to the shareholder, yeah. just hang in there, keep watching and,
0: and, and eventually it will work out. And forget about it. <laughs> You're 5 to saying that. Okay. Um, I like that mm-hmm. answer very much, Roy. So we'll come to you, um, uh, um, yeah. Um, the question here is from Kino. She says Are resilient companies starting to look attractive coming through COVID and tough economic situation? Um, yeah. Do we like resilient? Rika, so Rika, sorry. <laughs> <Rickers>. <laughs> Roy?
2: I don't. I don't really look at resilient, and the reason I'm I'm not looking at resilient. Okay,
0: let's let's talk. Let's talk about the property sector coming out of COVID yeah. in general. Then maybe we'll come down oh, to speak about yeah. resilient.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the reason why I'm not looking at resilient because the only thing you've got to do is to take a look at your share and its share price, and even in a property market that's under stress that the share price itself has been underperforming, which which tells you exactly where they are positioned. And coming out of COVID, um, I think the one sector of the property market that's been under a lot of stress and a lot of people have talked about it is basically office space. You know, there, there has been a, re- a return to the office, but um, um, not enough to compensate for the amount of stock that is available. And... Um, a lot of those property stocks were under pressure because their loan to, to, value values just, you know, um, shut up yep. because yep. you're not getting rate increases as far as your, as the guys hiring your property is concerned. And, and it's, it's a bit of a mess. Retail is looking okay. Manufacturing well that's just stumbling along, as is, as is the whole of the South African manufacturing sector.
0: Yeah, I mean, but the South African economy itself is not exactly firing on all cylinders, so it makes it very hard for these types of stocks, you know, to do well under current circumstances, and, you mm. know, COVID made it worse, I guess. Um, Roy, do you yeah. have anything to add to property stocks and maybe resilient? Yeah, the
1: thing about property is it's supposed to be a bond proxy, so you you. Over time, what you want is to earn interest rates, to to co-earn what the bonds are are paying and get some growth in. But your biggest problem now is SA bonds are yielding. The 10-year bond's yielding 12 and a half. Why do you (laughs) want to take on any more risk? Just get the bond and hold to maturity. See what happens. Hang on to that. And exactly like Rikos was saying, there, there are pockets of trouble within property. There's, yeah. this, there's, the ones that have a big office component. And I think even more important than that is the highly geared nature of these stocks. So, um, the, the, the gearing at about it, I think it averages about 40% now. That's high, um, mm-hmm. relative to how, how easily they can raise their rents. So there's an element of risk that's been added. So the premium above the bond yield needs to be significantly more. And I think that's what's selling off right now that that's why that's why these stocks are selling off because you can't raise rents aggressively you've got significant vacancies, and you're highly geared as well. plus remember the dividend yields are not what they used to be no very few of them are actually paying a hundred percent out they are all of them are holding back some money so so your growth in income does not equate your growth in payouts or dividends so there's a whole new dynamic these aren't the same businesses that we used to talk about pre-covid and and from that perspective i think yeah your expectations must be tempered interest rates have to come down dramatically Uh, market activity has to increase significantly vacancies have to fall revaluations have to happen there's lots of things that have to happen in that sector and i'm talking broadly i mean just like ricos um I don't follow the sector on a stock by stock basis and there's clearly winners and losers. But I think broadly speaking, you'd want to see you'd want to see a lot of these factors being settled down. on.
0: Yeah, this is a a classic case Mm -hmm. where South African property is very high risk. But unlike Mm -hmm. what you were taught at university, it doesn't equate to high reward. It's actually the opposite. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, This is a perfect example of that. I don't know if uh, anyone wants to make that bet until, you know, you get paid for the risk you're, you know, you're assuming. Um, We have a question here with regards to rumors that ARC is delisting pros and cons of, you know, the retail investors that are holding these shares. Do you have anything on that, Roy? this question comes from Music Ocean, I think is the name, (laughs) or (laughs) Mosico.
1: Well, the thing about holding companies um, where you have um, a company that's investing in other companies and it's a holding company that's listed you typically will trade at a discount. You will not trade at the sum of the parts because you, as a holding company, you extract dividends
0: yeah.
1: um, and and you also have a management fee. So naturally, there's a discount. Then investors also assess your ability to manage those cash flows and generate returns, and they increase the discount accordingly. If you look across the JSE, all of these holding companies, Naspa's, PROCESS, REMGRO, um, all of them um, arc like like you mentioned, they trade at discounts between thirty, forty percent, fifty percent sometimes. So it's maybe it's a case of saying it's not me, it's it's not you, it's me. The, the investors <laughs> generally, the, the investors basically say you are a holding company, you're not at the operating level. We will penalize you for this. We want to see NAV growth over time so these guys want to delist because they say where the market's not recognizing their value that's an option but remember as well maybe what the market is doing is it's looking at the director's valuations of the underlying assets yeah. and it doesn't believe it yeah, and and, and, I, and that could be the problem
0: before we go into um our offshore stocks i want to hear your thoughts on on arc uh, rikis
2: yeah just 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 thinking very broadly and very quickly I mean, you're a holding company, you're listing, you've got a bunch of unlisted investment. What's your purpose? Well, you're telling when you list you tell the market I need capital because I'm gonna invest in all these great businesses and they're gonna give me a heck of a cash return and I'm gonna pay it out to client after my management fee, which which starting off with um ARC was pretty high. But the other purpose surely, um or should be in order to create value for investors, is to list some of those unlisted companies. Like yep. Um, some other companies have done. I can't talk about them, but it, they start with a P and they end with a G. Um, in other words, to to add value to um, the customer and also <laughs> get rid of that discount to net asset value. So if you, wanted, if you want to um, delist it right now, um, nobody's really gaining, I think, except that um, um, if those companies do return cash to the, Holding company, obviously, it's it's only the holding company that benefits, and they and they're private after they've enlisted.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you know running away with your tail between your legs. It it makes no sense. No, one, there's there's no one wins here. It's a it's a lose lose situation. I have to agree with you. So yeah, let's look at um, offshore markets. You know, earlier on, before they opened, the futures were in the green. We saw the the inflation numbers, you know, sort of tick lower. Um, it, they were slightly in the red. I see right now they're still a bit in the red. But um, again, the, the S and P 500 and the Nasdaq had almost five days in a row of green. Um, so I guess we can take a, a one day of red, um, Roy. I, I, I keep saying it's it's the hope that kills you.
1: If you think, I think I think markets look forward to they want to believe that interest rates are too high and can come down relatively quickly and they will jump on anything that promises that 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 happens but what we've seen over the past year is that every single time you you got a sign that maybe interest rates have peaked you got a concrete data point afterwards that didn't justify that view and and so so when 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 you got the jobs number from last week when you got a couple of other data points you figured okay interest rates have peaked um the fed guys are all saying we're going to we're probably going to stay here then you get this inflation number which tells you actually no the the truth is the narrative is very clear as much as we in the markets are in denial is that interest rates need to remain higher for longer to conquer this inflation thing everything else is a distraction now the, the the biggest problem actually that the market should be thinking about is as interest rates remain that high, where is the risk to growth? Because yeah. growth could collapse and then you have to start cutting interest rates and inflation is still high. So so the, the truth is it's a very tight, it's a very fine balance that has to be reached. And it's not helped by this ongoing enthusiasm that, no, no, we've reached the peak, we've reached the peak. The focus must be on the drivers of inflation. Because that's what the Fed has said. That's what all the central banks are doing. Focus on inflation, get it to normal levels, and then let's talk about interest rates. There doesn't seem to be anything else that they're focusing on. So in the absence of an accident, I think we can be relatively confident that interest rates will remain at relatively high levels for the medium, for the
0: shorter to medium term. Okay, you're calling it, um, you know, more of the same for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Rikas, I've got a question here for you on, P, uh, sorry, not PSG, Purple Group. Siabonga uh, is asking us to look at Purple Group. He wrote it in Zulu, he says, purple group. So what's happening, uh, you know, with Purple Group? I guess it's no referring idea. to the share price going down. Yes, no, not interested at all. You know,
2: I'd, you know, on way, I'd, I'd rather concentrate on, what, on what's happening overseas and in a broader concept. Right. I don't, I mean, whether Purple group is good or bad or indifferent, or um, um, they are the golden boy as far as technology, you know, technology advances in trading and, and whatever they are doing. Godspeed to them, but. Um, um, I'm not interested in things where, where where prices are going down and are in a very determined da- downtrend until such time as they start looking interesting and looking ah. at that price graph it's not looking interesting so um 79 yeah, time cents, is valuable.
0: um currently where they trade um it's, it's been a tough year to say the least but I mean, Roy, I'll come to you with the purple group question because uh, the, the operating business is doing fine. Asset standard management are growing um, at, a, at a good clip and they, they're becoming a big contender in the asset management space. Look, without, without making
1: a buy or sell recommendation, I think one thing is this is one of those stocks that was very popular with retail investors. And a lot of the times you get a disconnect between what the company is actually doing, good as it may be, and the enthusiasm of the retail investors it almost becomes like, like a religion, sort of, that, that people, that, that if you want to be in the in crowd, you have to own these shares. So, so exactly like Rico says, the, the share price is collapsing because it's, it's out of attention. The, the business is growing and everything, but the core person who pushed the price up has moved on to something else. Um, so, so again, as an investor, you, you have to be very careful about these fashionable stocks. Ah. Because- Always stick to fundamentals, stick to st- stick to earnings, stick to management, stick to, stick to tangible things. But if you're going into these meme stocks, I, I mean stocks, I'm not calling purple a mean stock. What, what, what I'm basically saying is, I think a lot of the froth that was underneath it was retail investors coming in. Um, I can buy fractional shares. I believe in this thing, so I need to own the share. But Rikos and I will th- look at earnings, outlook and price relative to earnings yes. um, and, and, and clearly there was a disconnect somewhere there and the price will go down until it be, until it makes sense
0: okay interesting story there mm-hmm. um, garth johnson says the richmond share price um, has dropped substanti- substantially over the past few months and is now sitting at 2280 a share is it a good time to buy the share or does the panel believe that the, the share will drop further Rickers, Richmond, handbags, leather goods, you know, watches, diamonds, all the good stuff.
2: LMVH came came out yesterday, revenue far below expectations. And uh, the only reason for that is the Chinese consumer not consuming after returning from COVID. So um, all those luxury stocks were pushed higher in anticipation of COVID restrictions being lifted in China and the Chinese consumer returning. To buying handbags and watches, which hasn't really happened, or which happened, it hasn't happened as much as people expected. So what we're seeing is a retracement of the company's share prices without the company's businesses being in any way bad or 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 any worse off. It was just what a draw is, You know, it just it was hope that disappointed. Um, so all those prices are coming lower to trade f- to more reasonable expectations so um, i think enrichment is a good buy at some price level i'm just not sure where and the where will be determined by where the price stops going down or at least starts forming a basis now very gladly um, increase exposure to to enrichment um, again but
0: it's a question of timing yeah and you roy um, does the glitter of you know these luxury goods stock you know attract your eye
1: so, so Rickus is absolutely correct. I mean, if you ask me, when I run my numbers and everything, 30% ago, I thought it was a buy, to be <laughs> absolutely honest. <laughs> but it, it's down more than 30%. and you're and no, just your scratching mind, your head you want... now yeah no totally lost the hair and everything um i I mean in your mind you would say that i should be a lot more enthusiastic but you have to be pragmatic and understand that sometimes there's a there's there's a market sentiment and there's bigger things than your actual stock and it goes back to what we're saying about afrimat Look, look at this business solid business good solid franchise nicely diversified between europe china and the u.s um, the multiple doesn't look expensive relative to history, but the market is negative on the broader sector. So the market's going to sell it off. When it forms a base somewhere, you, you stand the possibility of getting it at an attractive valuation and holding it for long. When there is froth, you can get burnt, whether it's a good company or not. And that's what we've basically seen in the last one year
0: so patience is king here um, there will be a bottom and you'll be able no, to actually
1: buy. it's your entry point that is king you make <laughs> money when you enter <laughs>
0: okay okay fantastic so let's jump into our stock picks i'll start with you uh on my left Rickus um what's your stock pick for the evening
2: well it's sort of what roy was saying you know expectations reality and what prices do stock pick is shop right it's It's only down about ten percent from its um, recent high, but if you take a look at the longer price pattern, it was um, possibly a bit overdone, and it's a good quality, quality company. It's not cheap by by any means, but considering the way they are gaining market share, I think this is a you know it's a 10 percent cheaper entry point to a good quality company that I want to have in my portfolio in any case.
0: Okay, shop right for you, Rickus and for you, Roy. Bidcorp is my pick for today. Actually,
1: it's very good that, that Rick has picked ShopRite because ShopRite is the retailer. Bidcorp is a food service distributor. Yes. So if you eat, if you eat at home, you shop at ShopRite. If you eat in restaurants, um, particularly in Europe, any of the developed markets, Bidcorp is what's going to serve you. So what we've seen is this is a business that has, that benefited from post COVID recovery. Top line is driven by food inflation, expenses are driven by headline inflation, and margins are widening. Even after the base has formed, um, this just looks like a business that will continue running over time. They make small acquisitions and incorporate them into the big machine, which helps them widen margins. They don't have any debt um, and and they continue to grow and expand their footprint globally. So that's that's a business I
0: like as well. So um, I think you guys colluded before this and you went with, you know, food stocks. <laughs> but we're not going to go into that now. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Rikus is going to shop right there, the king of eggs, the only place where you can find eggs these days. And obviously 6060, if you know that brand, is, you know, the best online uh, delivery company there. And obviously... Uh, Roy is going with Bitcorp. I don't have any chirps with Bitcorp. You know, I always see their trucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, the biggest <laughs> distributor of food to restaurants. Um, that's what mm-hmm. Roy is going with. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Uh, that's all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Roy Mutoni from Sunlam Investments and Rickus Reders from PSG Wealth. Hole in One, Remsach uh, coming up the close. Stay with us. <laughs> Okay.